is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the National Tsunami podcast. This week, we are offering three conversations from episode 53, our preview of AASLD 2021. In this conversation, we chat a bit about the post-grad course on Navalda Nash that will run all day on Saturday, along with some other Saturday sessions of interest. And then we'll go into Sunday and take a look at several sessions that involve basic disease, disease measurement, and understanding of how the disease works, but not necessarily the clinical trials of agents and development. The AASLD program is rich in all sorts of diverse stimulating content. So sit back, listen, enjoy, learn, and when you're done, join the discussion on our LinkedIn and Facebook discussion groups. Louise Campbell. Just before you skip past Saturday, there are a couple of really good sessions on Saturday. There's the women's health session that's eight o'clock European time. So the women's health in liver disease. And as we know, fatty liver, postmenopause. So I'm really interested to see whether they're going to cover any of that. That's a particular session that I'm keen on. And there's a couple of parallel sessions in the morning, the health service and public health again. How are we configuring services? What are we proposing? So Saturday's not a total mistake. There's a lot of great stuff on Saturday. Ken Cousy. Well, and I would have to say, Roger, that with the postgraduate course, they're covering from A to Z in NASH. We have Manal giving a great talk. Anything you wanted to know about the treatment of fatty liver and you never dare to ask or something like that, right? Everybody's anticipating a great talk by Manal as usual. Maybe she can tell us what she's going to be talking about. Arun Sanyal is talking about disease drivers of progression. Quentin Anstey from Newcastle about the good, the bad, and the ugly of risk stratification and there's been a lot with the consortiums that he's leading. Rohit Lumba is going to be talking again about imaging and diagnosis. Are bugs driving the fate of NAFLD? Okay, that's a microbiome talk. I'm going to have to talk about some hormones too. I mean, what can I say? But again, alcohol, how much is too much? So I think that the Saturday program is going to keep people awake and well. And then Stefano Romeo is talking about genetics. So if you wanted to know anything about NASH, Saturday would be a good summary of, of the latest and the greatest. Manal Abdel Malik. I got the, the privilege of talking about what can we do with available therapies. Being that there's nothing FDA approved yet, I, I had to milk that one, but there are options. So I get the pleasure of talking about that. So Manal, I should tell you, first of all, that response to the episode where you gave the impromptu half hour talk on that was really, really well received. I had to get a COVID test before I came up here. And the nurse who gave me the COVID-19 test was having that conversation with her mother the day before. Her mother had fatty liver disease and was complaining there were no drugs for it. And she said, well, you know, there's metformin. It's not indicated, but people use it. And I, I, I said, I know you don't listen to my podcast, but you might want to. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that post-grad course in the morning is like a movie set, like Ocean's 11. This is Ocean's 10. If you want to know anything about, you've got a stellar line up there. Manal is one of the Ocean's 10 or the Nash 10 or whatever. That's just nowhere else to be on that morning. So are they giving you guys t-shirts to say Ocean's 10? I think that's a really cool idea, actually. No t-shirts. No t-shirts. Bummer. So I want to just go back to Saturday for one second because Kent did something really helpful. If you look at the basic program, I'm not aware where there are titles necessarily of everything in the program, but so that, that's a helpful thing to be able to talk about what are in the individual papers. With that said, let's go on a Sunday. We can come back to Saturday if we have time at the end of the podcast. We'll cut your eye on Sunday, Manal. The presidential plenary session on clinical and translational research. And, you know, I think there are a few abstracts of, of keen interest to the NASH enthusiast. First of all, is the top 
Alpine results presentation on the Alpine 2.3 study results, which is going to be presented by Stephen Harrison. NGM has already publicly disclosed the results of their Alpine 2.3 uh, NASH program using Faldeferman. What's going to be interesting about this talk, and I hope it comes out in the presentation, is the whys of why such promising drugs can get through and then ultimately potentially not reach a primary outcome. And another abstract in this session, which I think is also of keen interest, was the Longitudinal Association. This is coming out of UCSD, uh, I believe the presenter is Dr. Tamaki. And the Longitudinal Association between imaging biomarkers, particularly magnetic resonance elastography, and liver and cardiovascular-related outcomes. The reason this is of such keen interest is ultimately as we develop these compounds, it's going to have to be towards a clinically meaningful endpoint of feel, function, and survive. And we have no real prognosticative, validated surrogates of these endpoints to present to FDA. So I was really, really delighted to see us moving in a direction where we have surrogate endpoints to histology that are going to be predictors of liver-related endpoints, plus the leading cause of morbidity and mortality in our patients being cardiovascular-related endpoints. This session from the presidential session is worth catching. Jörn Schattenberg. I agree. And Manel, I looked at the same abstract. I'm just going to extend a little bit on what you said. And I found it particularly interesting that they looked at the CVD risk and they observed, you know, in the pre-cirrhotic state, there was an increase with the cardiovascular disease risk. But in the cirrhosis, once the patient hits cirrhosis, then it's a whole different story. And you can see that with those non-invasive markers. And I think it's something we know. And it's nice that they pick it up with these NITs here. There was some conversation on podcast last week, uh, apropos some of the recent Mayo work, about exactly how far could you take MRE and related markers and demonstrated ratios to create an endpoint. Fundamentally, could you step from a change in stiffness in MRE through to a level of fibrosis change through from there to a, a subpart H outcome? Now, interestingly enough, that conversation, I don't think we ever used the phrase cardiovascular events, Louise. I'm trying to remember, but I don't recall that coming up once. So it will be interesting to see how any of those things come together around this presentation. You know, another abstract in the same session is the genome-wide association study of chronic ALT-based NAFLD in the Million Veterans Program with histologic and radiologic validation. It's going to be presented by Dr. Chang, but this is a huge initiative by the Veterans Program and will certainly inform us more on the genome-wide association with endpoints in this field. So this plenary session has some heavy-hitting science, and uh, I'll look forward to seeing that. So you're at the time of the Alderferman withdrawal, I remember you and I having a couple of conversations about the idea that nobody was sure of the degree to which they viewed a clinical failure versus a commercial failure. My perspective at that time was that it was more likely to have been a commercial failure. Could it have gotten to approval? Probably. Would it have had room to play commercially once it got there? Maybe not. I'm hoping that this presentation is going to shed a lot of light on that issue. If, in fact, it was a commercial failure, then that speaks to the robustness and maturity of the drugs that we're developing. That someone could take a look at a drug that could get to market and say, no, I'm not going to do that. If, in fact, it turns out that clinically it looks like it wasn't going to make it, that would be a really troubling perspective. You know, it reminds us on the barriers on, on drug development where you've got to move fast and want to, you know, want your results early. But we, most of us agree that the, the fibrosis readout at 24 weeks is a tough nut to crack with the available drugs we have. And there's been some responses, but it's it's safer to go beyond 24 weeks. And I think this is something we've seen here. And there's a number of decisions that probably went into that, but I think that was a problem in the trial design from the beginning. So in that case, it will be interesting to see on Friday at the practical trial design experience whether that 24-week issue comes up and what perspectives people have on it. What else on Sunday caught people's attention? I suppose just following 
following on from what you were talking about in the plenary session, we've got a whole session on cardiovascular disease and NAFLD. But following on from our session last week with Alina, we've got NAFLD NASH predicting outcome, which has a run and Marzon as part of the presenters during that session. So there's some good sessions. There's a, also a session on diagnostics that I'm looking forward to on Sunday. So Sunday's got a lot of nice stuff. You may have mentioned it. There's the diagnosis and biomarker session on Sunday, but this is going to be an opportunity to delve a little bit deeper into our knowledge of machine learning and artificial intelligence platforms for pathology, how they're performing and being validated, and the limitations. Could could such approaches with artificial intelligence overcome the limitations of our current scoring systems in defining progression or regression of hepatic fibrosis? So this is certainly of keen interest in drug development right now. Now, one of the things I find myself wondering is we've talked at other points on this podcast about what you can achieve through artificial intelligence, which is you can take a bunch of scores that are really messy and you can make them neater. What you might not be able to achieve is that if the measure that you're looking at doesn't reflect, for example, Alina was talking last week about the problem with fibrosis being is that fibrosis is not the only measure of a failing liver or, or of a liver in danger. So if artificial intelligence enables us to do a better job of getting the fibrosis level right, but doesn't take a look at the broader liver, then is that three pluses, two pluses, one plus? Certainly better than zero, but how many pluses is it? I think it's at least worth, you know, two to three pluses because we have to get it better. We have to be more precise in our non-invasive approaches to, to defining that at-risk patient. And I'm not convinced that we're quite there using the existing platforms and, and how we model and how we integrate and how we define this is going to be paradigm shifting for the field. It's impressive the quantity and quality of research that's being presented at AASLD and a huge kudos to investigators, industry, you know, mentees, mentors, everybody out there because we are seeing incremental movement forward in the science of liver disease despite a very unprecedented, you know, almost two years now. We're getting closer, but anything that can help us in caring for our patients and identifying the at-risk patient and staging them and monitoring them and assessing therapeutic responses non-invasively is going to be uh, essential for us as a field. So, Roger, along those lines, there's another symposium on Sunday between 1 p.m. and 2.15. It's a joint symposium between ASLD with Dr. Rinella and Dr. Lisker Melman from Washington University and Dr. Nguyen from Stanford and several leaders in the Latin American arena. It's a symposium between ASLD and the uh, Latin American Society of Liver Disease. And again, knowing that some Hispanics tend to have more of a problem, this is a growing problem and a growing recognition of a problem in Latin America. And they had some guidelines that, that I know I've helped them, but I by no means played a major role. But I was a little bit of a consultant there. And uh, they came out with very nice guidelines. And again, with this evolving approach of FIB4 followed by elastography, which would make it easy outside of the liver field to at least identify a large portion of those at higher risk. So I thought that these are sometimes symposiums that get overlooked, but I think that for people in the Hispanics with NASH and, and for the growing consensus worldwide, at a time we're debating nomenclature for NAFLD, MAFLD, and I think this is a good bridging that shouldn't be overlooked. And now, 
back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We will be back next Wednesday, November 10th, to cover the groundbreaking patient-focused drug development externally-led session from last Thursday, November 4th. Donna Cryer, who led that session, will be with us along with some other event participants. It should be fascinating. Until then, stay safe, surf on, see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.